You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. This podcast is part three of three and is entitled, What Christians Are and Aren't Allowed to Do. It was a special topic of our Amish Voice Conference line. I, I think, personally, I think um, you know, the way I move, the way I watch movies is more just uh, like a, a pleasure or enjoyment. It's not something that that controls my moods or something that I depend on to keep me up. You know, it's just a, but everybody looks at it a little different. And I think that's a very a very good point. I never thought of it that way. Good point. Yeah, and it can become legalistic, too, if we say, here's a list of movies Christians can watch, and here's a list of movies they can't watch, and I made the list that everybody has to follow it. Then it can be a legalistic thing, too. But I read, heard a saying once that being filled with the Holy Spirit is like wearing a tight moccasin. If you just get one little pebble in there, it's going to bother you. And that's how it should be as Christians. We want to walk with God. The littlest sin should bother us. And one way I look at it is, would I sit down with Jesus and watch a movie where I know they're going to take his father's name in vain? And would he say, oh, it's no big deal? Or if I know they're going to show something that he calls sin, and I can say, oh, I can handle it, it's no big deal? I don't think I'd sit down beside Jesus and watch it. And another verse that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians, and I think it's a good way to approach all of these things. In 1 Corinthians 10:23, Paul says, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient or profitable. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. And if it's our goal in this life to walk with God and to grow closer to Him, we should be thinking this, about all these things. Is the music I listen to, it might not be evil, but does it bring me closer to God? And if my goal is to grow closer to God, then as we mature as Christians, we put away the, more and more of the things of the world, because it doesn't interest us anymore. Amen. You, you hit the nail on the head, Paul, when you said it doesn't interest us anymore. And like Paul in the Bible said, it, it's not expedient. It's not like every, I could do everything, but it's not it, it's not conducive to what I'm here for. And I, I know that to be true. And I think if we have if, if the Holy Spirit convicts us to something and we continue to do it, we probably are grieving the Holy Spirit. And He's not always going to um, right. keep reminding us that something is wrong. We eventually just we are eventually given over to the thing that we want to do. So we do have it is something to be very all of these things are something to be very careful about. Yeah, yeah and it's something that mature Christians can help younger Christians with instead of saying, You shouldn't do that and that's wrong to do. Say the younger Christians should look up to them and say, You're godly people. Why do you live like that? They say, I don't care about those things anymore. It doesn't interest me. God says this is right, so I want to do what's right. Even in things like Deuteronomy seven. I don't hear many much about this in churches or maybe I don't listen. But listen to what God told the Israelites when they were about to enter Canaan. It says when the in Deuteronomy chapter seven when the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land, whither thou goest to possess it, and hath cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites, and the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you. And when the Lord your God shall deliver them before you, you shall smite them, and utterly, utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. Neither shall you make marriages with them. Your daughter shall not give unto your daughter... 
you shall not give unto his son or his daughter shall you take unto your son. For they will turn away your son from following me, so that they may serve other gods. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy you suddenly. But this is how you should deal with them. You shall destroy their altars and break down their images and cut down their groves and burn their graven images with fire. For you are a holy people unto the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a special people unto himself, above all people that are on the, upon the face of the earth. And I think that's how we should look at ourselves in this life. Not, let's see how close we can get to the world and still please God. But now we're His. Let's see how far away we can get from that stuff. Let's destroy everything that might, might be a hindrance to us, like Paul talks about, casting aside everything that might slow us down. Instead of saying, well, I don't mind, it doesn't matter, it's not really sinful. Is it helping me on my journey to the celestial city? Then let's put it aside, if that's our goal in this life. Another thing that... Uh, is that, uh, you know, Jesus, he, he quite often, when people try to um, get him down on something, uh, pinpoint him on some certain thing, that um, he didn't just directly answer them um, their question that they had. He answered them with another question to try to get them thinking, you know, what, what should they do instead of... Um, uh, telling them the direct answer. And I think that is one way that uh, we should approach people more about things, too, is, you know, get them to uh, think, you know, what would they be comfortable with if Jesus was by their side, you know, um, if it was especially in doing something, you know, like we were talking about watching a video or whatever it may be. And if uh, we wouldn't be comfortable we may watch it, uh, but if, if Jesus would actually be sitting right beside us or whatever, and would we want to be uh, keeping on watching that video, uh, you know, uh, if we would have a question about it? And um, I think if we would use that mentality a little bit, I think, and be open to what uh, God wants to talk to us about or speak to us about it in that way. Yeah, and we should always be growing in this way. So we, the things that five years ago we did, now we would never do. We might not have thought they were wrong five years ago, and they might not be wrong now, but they're not helping us on our way to holiness. So we mm-hmm. we lose interest. Mm-hmm. I think Cheryl will That conversation. Go ahead. That, uh, that what you just uh, said, Paul, uh, I call, that's called sanctification when people grow in, in their spiritual life. That's, that's uh, sanctification. Yeah, mm-hmm. the the letting go of things that the Holy Spirit's convicting us not to do is sometimes very difficult. And I think somehow the question needs to be answered: How do we let go of things that we know are wrong? That the Lord is showing us that is wrong, but I mean, we don't have. I know we don't have the power within ourselves to stop sinning, and I know that. When we first are convicted of something being wrong, we're probably going to fail and slip into the same thing again and again for a while. Um, that's at least been my experience with a number of things. Some things I just don't have a desire to do anymore. The desire is gone, and I praise the Lord for that. And there's other things where, you know what, Satan tempts me with something again and again and again until eventually, I don't know if eventually he gives up or God gives us victory over something. But it's not necessarily a... Being able to make a decision and just walk away. Sometimes it is, but not always. Sometimes it's a struggle. So I just wanted to bring that out and see if anybody has any thoughts. Yeah, And it's not just about things that are sinful. As Christians, we should examine every part of our lives. Because how many of us 
if, if we were Abraham and God said, give me your son, we would have done that. That is a good... Willing, <clears throat> I think that is one of the misunders... Yeah. That Abraham story <clears throat> is so... Um, and this is maybe this is not the time to talk about it, but I think that the story of what happened there <clears throat> is so misconstrued that it tries... It has been used by religious people to try and get us to obey religion in blind obedience like Isaac obeyed Abraham because God told him. Um, and I think it's so important if we understand what happened there. Uh, it's the same thing when, when, do we have time for that or am I taking it off the wrong track? Uh, go ahead. Okay, this is what, what I see happening is when... If we look in the New Testament, the New Testament tells us that the gospel was first preached to Abraham. The fact is, Abraham believed he left everything, traveled all over the place, uh, wherever God directed. He knew and heard from God, and God told him that this Messiah was coming. I believe he explained to him that he would have to die and be a sacrifice for the whole world, someone coming from his loins, someone that would be miraculously born, and... They believed it so totally that Sarah was willing to to give her maid to Abraham rather than not be saved. She really thought that if this child, this son, didn't come from Abraham, the entire human race was doomed to hell forever. And she was willing to take her Egyptian maid and give her to Abraham to raise up a savior. Because it was through his loins that all nations were to be blessed. I believe the gospel in its entirety was preached to Abraham. He believed it so totally he convinced his wife. And she ended up giving her maid. They raised up a son that was not the right one. And then Isaac was miraculously born. And now God says, okay, the time is here. Go offer up your son. I believe Abraham truly thought that, that he was the Messiah. And that the, the sacrifice they were going to make on their that mountain would save the world from sin. And that's why he was such in a hurry got up early the next morning that's why he was able to say to the servants stay here the son and i will go do the offering and to come back uh i think he thought just like adam and eve did that then after the promise of a messiah was given to adam and eve the next one born they thought it was he also they were really wrong but I, that's when i look when i put all the dots together uh the fact i i prayed about it a lot before I got this revelation and so many times that scripture is used to make us think that uh, obedience even when something is against scripture should be obeyed because someone in a higher authority or power has told us to do it where Abraham was not doing something that was against the law he was actually thought he was fulfilling a promise um, that's at least my opinion well, he was probably disappointed when he wasn't able to kill his son <laughs> oh, mean you gotta wait some more? <laughs> yeah, well, hey, some of those things we we have. Spent, yeah. Oh, Paul, this is Joe. Uh, Kime, I just uh, I've been on mute. It's been a wonderful discussion. I was just thinking about you know some of what has been shared, and when I think of tattoos and and immodest dress and alcohol and you know playing around with it. I mean, just kind of you know not getting drunk, but playing with it. You know, and and, and then I think of Hebrews chapter eleven. Uh, I cannot get away from our forefathers and those in Hebrews chapter 11 who were sawn in two. And, well, I'll just read a little bit. They escaped the edge of the sword 
out of weakness were made strong, waxed, uh, valiant in fight, turned to fight the armies of the aliens. Women received the dead, raised alive, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. It goes on down through their cruel mocking, fortune, gay, moreover, bonds, and imprisonment. Hey, you're a little hard to hear now, Joe. Oh, I am? Okay. Um, you're better now. Okay. Um, you know, I just look at all of that, and then it, it finishes out in, um, well, it continues in Chapter 12. Uh, let us lay aside every weight. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. There is no way, I, I mean, there, there is no argument. When you begin to look at some of the people uh, in the past who have suffered for the sake of Christianity, for the sake of passing on uh, the truth of the gospel to the next generation, they're not going to sit around and pierce themselves and tattoo themselves and and drink and get drunk and, and they're not going to do those things. I mean, and for anybody to even uh, want to argue about uh, some of these things when they're walking with the Lord, the two just don't seem to fit. And that's just my two cents, I guess. Um, great discussion tonight. Man, I really appreciated everything that everybody has said, but I will sign off now. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, and I, like just said, I think there's a difference. When you read about people or know people that we consider holy, they're different. I know uh, two different pastors. One just recently got a tattoo because he's always got one. He's always wanted one. And his, he put mm. his sports team on. Another guy, he was an unsaved guy who was a wild guy in the Marines drinking, and he got a, tattoos, and he's a pastor now, and he said he's glad he has those tattoos because every day he looks at them and he realizes how stupid he was. <laughs> That's a better reason than the other feller. Thank you very much. Yeah. I'd like to add one thing. I have been convicted of swearing and using, and I know this is one of the things that's not for everybody, but I am convinced that it's no longer right for me to use words, even like man, or um, I'll sometimes catch myself saying, oh my gosh, oh my gosh means God, man means God. There's just German swear word that most Mennonites where I come from use that means God damn. And most of these words, when you look at them, are swear words, and they're they're wrong swear words. And there's atheists use God's name in vain, and for some reason there's something within us that wants to use God's name in vain. And so I am working on breaking a habit, and it's not easy. So, but that is something that the Lord, I think, is an example. The Lord has showed us things at different times, and for whatever reason, this um, the latter part of this year, He's He's been putting that on my heart to stop. Yeah, so we'll do that because that's really important. Yeah, and if we each see God, I'm sure there's all gonna we're each gonna find things that we should be doing different, or could be changing, or improving, and even helping others. But there's one more topic I want to get to. It only take a minute. I just wondered what people think. We all know, like First Peter two thirteen says, submit yourselves to every ordinance of men for the Lord's sake. So we know we should obey the law unless it goes against God's law. So what do you guys think about speeding when you're driving? Is it right or wrong? And how many do it's it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is one thing about every pastor I know speeds, but nobody said it's wrong. I just wondered. <laughs> we'll we'll have to discuss story. that one. <laughs> Go ahead. All right, we'll leave it there then. <laughs> All right. Any- I know a story of a guy that shot a deer that was illegal. The deer was dead. He said, there's nothing I can do about this. But the church ended up insisting that he turn himself in. And he said he would when everyone else turned themselves in for the times they speeded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, 
All right. Well, yeah, good conversation tonight. I'll give the phone numbers again, and then we'll close in prayer. So if you want to listen to this again, you can dial 641-715-3800 and enter PIN number 89752. So for this recording or other ones, 641-715-3800 and enter PIN number 89752. And for the sermon line, to hear Greg Laurie, Charles Stanley, or... Pastor Ted Cunningham from with Focus on the Family this month. Dial that same number, 641-715-3800, and enter PIN number 478-499. And so join us February 5th, and we hope to have a, another testimony from Sam Troyer. He's here. So, yeah, someone volunteer to close in prayer? Sure. I'll volunteer. All right, well, more than one can. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful, Lord, for... For uh, your word and the truth that is in your word, but Lord, we're so thankful that you saved us and, and for the promise of your word. <clears throat> and Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for this this conference call that we can we can uh, discuss your word and and improve our lives and and learn learn from your word. <clears throat> and Lord, we're just thankful, Lord, for all the believers on this line, Lord. I pray, I pray for Matt Ministry, Lord, for you to bless the ministry and provide this year and give them motivation to spread the gospel this year, Father. You've given us a new year, and Lord, we're, we're excited, we're motivated to, to see what you will do in, in each and every one of our lives. Lord, I pray you convict us of, of the, our besetting sins. The Father, I pray you help us to, uh, exercise, uh, um, a godly living, Lord. Lord, I just pray that you dismiss us with your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast series. Check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again and have a blessed day.